Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker, and this is WP Water Coolers, WP Blab. It's Thursday. It's 7.30ish. We are going. Today, we have a really cool topic. So, you know, with WP Water Cooler and WP Blab, we're constantly changing this stuff up. We're trying to figure out what works for us and what doesn't work for us. We launch shows. We, we sunset shows. We do all the different things we need to do. And one of the things that we're doing here on WP Blab is we're actually going to be talking about now about marketing, about networking, about social media, and that sort of stuff. I essentially need to get the GitHub account that Bridget got, but for marketing. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so before, uh, before we introduce you. our guest here, Bridget, tell us a little bit about you. Hi, I'm Bridget Willard. I sometimes blog at BridgetWillard.com. My name is spelled B-R-I-D-G-E-T. Nice. Good to have you, Bridget. <laughs> Did you guys do some like uh, some give thing or something like that? Yes, I'm so so excited. Kevin Hoffman is a developer at WordPress now, and he just built us a blog. So Yay. we have been aggressively writing content for GiveWP.com, and now you can see the blog at GiveWP.com/blog. So is that using Jekyll or is that using um, uh, like uh, I don't know uh, something else? It was using WordPress? It, it, yeah, of course it's using WordPress. It's just the blog wasn't didn't have a consolidated home. It it's was all Drupal segmented. Right. He did some framework. I don't know. I awesome. saw GitHub issues happening. All I was cared about is that it, I could say, and you can visit our blog at givewp.com slash blog. Nice. That's all I wanted to be able to say. <laughs> so I'm super excited. It looks freaking awesome. Good job. Good job. And Kevin Hoffman is a longtime blabber. Yeah, he is. So, shout good out. Good job, good job. I'm Jason Tucker. <laughs> you can find me over at jasontucker.blog. And um, you can find me over on Twitter at Jason Tucker. And I also do some stuff for WPmedia.pro, which is just like audio video type stuff. I write blog posts about that. So, today we have Robert. Robert Nissenbaum, correct, Robert? You got it. Sorry, I didn't butcher it this time. That's all right. <laughs> So tell tell us a little bit about um, about what you do, what you're doing, both um, in social media type stuff as well as do you do anything with WordPress? Um, I started a, social media predominantly has been consulting um, and speaking and education, uh, training for business owners and actually how to use social media. Uh, the WordPress piece came because I needed a way to build and prove that what I did for social media was was effective at driving and building SEO and driving web traffic without having a traditional built site. So I will never recommend anybody ever build their own website. It has to be done right. But for me to prove a point, I had to do it wrong. So I learned how to use WordPress simply to butcher it. Nice. Just to make sure that what I did actually worked. And you know, the end result is I knew it would. I've got the, dot, the numbers to show it. So yeah, the big piece for me was that, and that's where the involvement came from. Awesome. How many how many themes did you have to go through in order to you to <laughs> finally find that one theme? And then to add on to that, how much money did you spend over at Theme Forest to finally go like, you know, negotiate something else? So it was funny. I was literally doing this totally bootstrap. So I started with the free theme, picked one theme. It was one theme that I had a home system and layout that I could actually use without knowing any coding. So I had a place to start. And I screwed it up so I don't have a child theme, so I have to have everything I've modified in every CSS oh. style sheet. Is, I have every CSS style sheet backed up right now. Wow. So wow. at some point, I'm going to have to have somebody else fix what I screwed up, which is, again, why you hire a professional for this. 
<laughs> it's like learning afterwards and going, uh-oh. Um, so fortunately, there has only been one update, and I had to modify it. But yeah, it was just the one theme to play with, and I haven't switched off of it because that's about where my skill set ended. I can respect <laughs> <And> now, that. <laughs> I, I will have the site redone at some point because it's past that learning curve and past that uh, the case study piece of it. Well, I, but, we definitely know people that build websites, and yeah. so uh, you know, just just putting the word out there that you need a website at some point here. I'd imagine you'll start getting <laughs> some people knocking on your door here. Yep. Hi, I build child themes. My name is <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. So. Oh man. Yeah. No, it's been and it's been a fun learning curve. So I've learned a little bit of the HTML, a little bit of the CSS along the way. I've learned all the on-site optimization pieces of it. I've learned some of the off-site optimization pieces. Um, and otherwise, everything else has simply been built on writing content, no attention paid to keywords, no attention paid to any traditional SEO um, in terms of what I'm writing or how I'm writing. And everything has just been driven off of social media shares. Wow. Yeah, and dur during the pre-show, you were kind of explaining to us a little bit about um, about that, about just the idea of, of going um, not really listening to what other people are saying about this stuff and just saying, you know what, this is, this is the way I need to do it. And I need to do it in a way that, um, works well. If a human is trying to find this stuff, not a search engine that a person's just going to find this stuff because I did a really good job at writing instead of, you know, I, I crafted this a very certain way. So, you know, penguin or one of the other, you know, things that go on with Google or whatnot, you know, it doesn't go like, Oh, you know, he changed it a different way or, Something. How was your approach with that? And did you think, you know, should I be doing this for humans, or should I be doing this for, you know, the, the, how was that that thought process behind that? So I wanted to make sure at least the site had the core structure pieces of it. So the URLs optimized, so there weren't dates and numbers and anything else. It was just the, the title. <clears throat> um, outside of that, it was simply writing articles. I didn't pay attention to keywords because one of the things for me, I'm writing for people. I'm not writing for the search engine. And if I whole goal is to get people to see that content, drive people to them via social media. I'm not caring about whether or not Google sees it. I'm, I'm right. not waiting on Google to send people to my site. I'm going to actively drive them there. I'm actively Go ahead. Do you think that you're intuitively writing for your keywords? We don't want to like mis mislead anybody to think that keywords don't matter over here. Key because keyword, keywords right. absolutely matter. Keywords right. matter, but I didn't pay attention to them when I'm writing. Right. The piece that I still stress for people is I, I will I will go back and you can use Yoast and you can optimize a post for the major keyword you find within it. The difference is that Google is not just looking though at keywords on particular articles. It's a site-wide density for keywords. Right. And for me, if you are you have expertise in your subject matter, if you continue to write articles over time, those key those keywords that people would be searching for are going to be there naturally. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So for me to sit and write and say, okay, I'm going to write and I've got to focus on, you know, Facebook video and I've got to write an article and make sure I'm paying attention to having all the, the right number of that keyword mm -hmm. in there and going back and figuring out where it needs to be in all my headings, my H1, H2 tags. I'm going to spend more time writing for Google than I am actually just writing content. Yeah, so, I mean, we had this discussion just the other day um, at work about GIF because we did not sit around. We did this for our clients. We did do it for us. 
we didn't sit down and make a keyword list to say this is the blog post we're going to write on. We just knew we had two posts on recurring donations. We probably need another post on recurring donations. Right. Let's just write it. Because <laughs> you know your subject, and I think that there's something to be said for the way you know your subject, you are going to intuitively include those phrases that people are looking for, uh, both technically and um, and what's what's the word like just uh, just naturally that the natural speaking, which is right. the way that Google search is going with the way people ask questions, even uh, voice directed searches, you know. So yeah, and it's. You know, I think the whole piece, and it's funny, I've written an article on it, but my whole thought process behind Google is they're just trying to do or duplicate what we would do anyway. So if somebody asks you for a referral or a recommendation, you're going to go through your head. Who do I know that is, that offers that service? Based on what you ask, I'm going to figure out who's the most likely to, to send you to. If there's multiple people, you're going to turn around and rank them based on personalities, how they're connected, if they already know common people, so it's a better bond that way. You're going to rank them based on who um, you might find to be the more, the, the, the bigger expert out of the two of them if they're close. And all these little pieces is effectively to me what Google's trying to do without being able to ask questions. So all I'm trying to do is to just build enough authority off of the site itself and just write enough content and build the relationships that are going to find it. And again, it's all it's all written and, and done very naturally. Yep. You, you go back afterwards and any good blog posts or any good you know blog out there, you're going to find the keywords whether they intended them to be there or not. Right. Well, especially because if you like you're saying if you have that if you have that knowledge of the subject matter and that you're a master at it, you're going to use the words that people are going to be searching for anyhow because you're not trying to fake it. You're actually using the terminology that people in that industry are going to be using anyhow. Right. So yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, that's what I do. Like for, for what I write on my site, I'm writing for me. I'm not actually writing for anybody else. I'm, I'm writing so that when I do a Google search, I'll find my own content because I'm not lazy and I'm just going to use Google to find my own stuff on my own website. And so that's right. what tends to happen is I do a quick search and I go, oh, this is how you rebuild a Windows 2, 2008 server to do blah, 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 some type of you know, very technical thing. And I was the one that wrote it because I wrote the, the blog post so that you know, future me can re reference back <laughs> and go like, oh, that's what yep. you did. I get it. OK. Exactly. Yep. So, so let, can you tell us a little bit about authority? Like, I, I'm, I am so, so, so green to any type of online marketing type stuff. Um, I'm like I was, like I was saying in kind of the in the intro here. You know, I, I was forcing Bridget to learn WordPress, and Bridget was forcing me to learn marketing type <laughs> stuff. And so, I, you know, at some point here, I need to know all the definitions of all of these words. But I don't want the definitions that are coming out of a book. I want a definition out of somebody's mouth that really can describe it to me. So, talk to me a little bit about authority, so that way the folks that are in here that are uh, developers that are designers that are those types of types of folks need to kind of really understand what these terms mean. So domain authority is pretty much whatever your level of expertise would. So it's basically a Moz score to give an indication as to how well your site would potentially rank for a search. There's your book definition. Um, it's how authoritative your site effectively is, how much content on your site really would pertain to what somebody is looking for. Um, in a simple terms, 
the higher authority your site, the more likely it's going to come up in a search. The more information you provide, the more helpful information you provide is going to do that. Um, Google, for example, Facebook, 99, 100. Typical small business sites, probably 40 to 50 after several years and, and quite a few articles. Most small businesses that are not writing are anywhere from zero to 20. Um, and it takes in the and the way it's ranked is that <clears throat> moving from zero to ten is easier than moving from ten to twenty and so on. So to get up to that level, you really have to have quality. And it, you know, I, looking at it from a very natural sense, you gain authority if you're in a networking environment. You gain authority with the people in that room based on the quality of your content, what they hear, how many people are recommending you, how many people are, you know, and therefore would trust what you have to say or. or or, re or referring back to you when talking to other people. Um, and once you have that authority in a room and you know how it comes naturally, you can stand up and what you say people are going to listen to. So for me on the back end of the website, it was really doing that same thing. When it comes to those recommendations, those are your backlinks. People referring to you or mentioning you when they're having third-party conversations, those are your backlinks. The quality of your content and people trusting it, how many times you're being shared or how many times people are repeating your information. I know it's not per Google, not a direct ranking factor, but how many times content's shared, you know, does have an indication of them as to how authoritative your content is. Yeah. You know, and that's where that's the piece the social media comes in from. But yeah, it's just really trying to figure out, you know, who knows more about a particular subject matter. Right. So and I have a chicken and an egg question. Okay. Should you be building up your network first or the content on your website first? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> I don't I don't know that there's a right way to do it and it really necessarily <laughs> matters. Um, so this business I started where I already had somewhat of a network um, and that was on Twitter. I had a Google Plus following on my personal site, but there was not a single following on any business. It was all built the same. Um, there has to be enough initial core content so that as you start getting people back to your website, there's something there behind it. So segueing into social media, the, the purpose of social media is to drive traffic to your website, which we hope you all have on WordPress. So, right. So for me, my primary purpose is not to sell anything. My primary purpose is simply is twofold. It's A, to build relationships which help on the back end in terms of, you know, something like this, which will drive people indirectly to my website and then direct traffic to the website. So I had to have the website first. And whenever I talk to anybody that wants to sit down and help have me help them, well, it's looking at their website first, looking at the back end, because again, the question is, well, am I going to get business if you pay me? So, well, you're not paying me to get your business. You're paying me to get traffic to your website. If your website right. doesn't convert, it doesn't matter. It's a different problem. So I want to make sure that at least from my end, if I'm helping you, I want to make sure your website can convert. And you have, and if you're going to drive people back, you have to have something you can share from the site to link them back in, which is where the content comes in. So if you have the couple pieces of core content, which most businesses should pretty quick, um, it's building out the foundations in the Facebook page, the Google Plus profiles, whatever you're going to build at Instagram. So at least your foundation is in place. And then the rest of the pieces is, is making yourself visible and accessible so that people do find you. They will come back to your business page. They will be able to track from your business page back to the website. So one of the one of the reasons why I'm drawn to you is because you do it. You do this the way I do, 
And right. you're not just spitting out your no offense to everybody that I love that's watching this right now. <laughs> you know that I love you with all of my heart. You know that, right? Okay. Bring it, Bridget. So I'm looking into the camera. I love you. I'm saying this with love. So you're not treating your social media feeds like RSS feeds that just auto spit out and it set it and forget it. And, and then you're wondering why nothing's happening. You're actually engaging with the true meaning of the word with other people, not on your branded content, not on your branded profiles. So tell us why you think commenting, you know, it goes back to like the old school blog blogger people. Right. So I races like, Jason's like, oh man, how do I get off the show now? <laughs> so I love I, it. So so we'll start with I am the most. How did you get that idea that that was the way to do it? And so, can you tell us kind of your strategy? So I, yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna. That's so everybody. So everybody that talks about SEO or calls themselves or Facebook or social media an expert in a level is basically gonna hate me when I'm done. <laughs> I don't do because I do completely the opposite and I get the results from it. The only thing I automate at all are core, tweet, core tweets through Hootsuite for my blog posts. That is it. Nothing else is automated. Everything else that I do post is posted in real time. I don't care what time it's posted. I don't care if it matches how many hashtags are supposed to be or how long the post is supposed to be. I simply write and post the good quality content. That's it. Everything else will take care of it. And I don't care about reach. I don't care what shows up in a feed. I don't care who sees it. Because to me, that's no different than standing on a street corner, posting it and holding a flag up that says, you know, we have this special inside. If people are going to see it. Big deal. Nobody's going to stop in. I'm waiting when they're stopped at the traffic light and I'm going to be the one running up and down between all the cars, knocking on the doors and tell them, hey, come in here and try to push them in the store. And I'm actively going out and doing it. <laughs> and it's a, that's awesome. And it's the same way I used to cold call. I mean, you know, knocking on doors who's going in and meeting people and finding out what can get them in. And so you're actively showing up at their location. You're not waiting for them to see you. So I'm doing the same thing. So the commenting piece of it comes down to that. A, I only post content once or twice a week unless there's a lot that's naturally there for me. I don't care how much content I post. <clears throat> if you see a post in a news feed, A, you probably won't read it. B, if you do read it, you'll almost never click on the business name that posted it and go to their page. So at best, unless that post is highly actionable and I caught your attention enough to drive you to my website, at best, you've seen one post. And it took a whole lot of gaming the system and trying to figure out how to get reach for something that doesn't get you anywhere. My goal is to get you back to my Facebook page, back to the business page, back to my Google Plus page, back to wherever it's going to be. When you go to a business page, especially for the first time, you almost always read more than one post. You never stop at that one post. So if it's good quality content, it doesn't matter if there's only been four posts in three weeks. You're going to read all four posts. So I'm getting a lot more from it. <clears throat> but we also seem to forget that while it's consistency in content, content's not just what you publish on your own page and profile. Every comment you make, every bit of interaction, whether it's you know, a, a reply on a tweet, whether it's a comment on a LinkedIn post or somebody else's Facebook post, that's a form of content that I learned that if I write content or write a comment, I can show authority. 
that I know what I'm talking about. I can build a relationship with somebody, especially if I do it the right way and tactfully and I'm actually helping that person. I'm creating visibility for myself. And at some point, if you do this enough and enough of the same people see this, they, you know, the bell goes off. It's like, who the heck is this person? And they want to learn more. So I'm, it's that piece getting them back. So I spend most of my time just simply trying to interact with businesses, either as myself or as the, you know, the business name, mm -hmm. depending on the circumstance and whether or not it might be deemed as um, hijacking a post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. So if I think there's a potential for me to, to for it to be seen as hijacking, I'll post as my name. And yeah. I just make sure my personal profile is designed that if you do question who I am and go see, I can quickly get you back to my business page. That accessibility page that comes with um, the visibility part. Hmm. Um, and so it, to me, that's the biggest the biggest way to do it. And then you know the rest of the content is I'm sharing other people's content. If I go to the WordPress page and I share something from WordPress to my page and I add a blurb about it, I've added some authority on my end, second piece. Mm -hmm. But you see that content, WordPress sees it. Mm -hmm. They will potentially interact with me now. They at least know Not who potentially. I am. That's me. I'm doing it. Well, in your case, yeah. So you see who it is. Most, <laughs> just most just for the record. <laughs> right. So you, well, you're going to see what it is and you're smart because you come back and interact. Oh yeah, I look at notifications. Right, you know, but the idea is that I'm hoping that somebody that really doesn't know the sees this gets a notification and comes back and looks at my page. Yeah, there's the thought process that if I keep sharing their content, if I keep adding value to their content, they're going to come back and eventually do the same for me. Yeah, whether they realize it or not, there's an obligatory part of we are social. I this this is when I start feeling like I need a cat and I'm a James Bond villain. But right. there's a there's an aspect of the, of the way as humans we interact with each other and the social obligation. Well, she's invited me to her house for dinner three times. I guess I better invite her out, but I don't really like to cook, so I better like invite her to her restaurant that she like like that just naturally starts happening with the reciprocity. Exactly. So the whole piece on my end is all I'm trying to do is, you know, create visibility for myself, create some expertise and authority for myself. And I'm doing so in a way that helps other people. And it's really interesting. You go back and all this and not enough people necessarily reference, but that's essentially what Gary Vee did all those years ago. I know. And it, it didn't dawn on me that I never followed him from day one, but realized that I'm doing exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. We all thought he was crazy too. That's a, that's the thing. We all looked at well, him like, what is this guy doing? Now, yeah, it's like a forced not... show. He's exactly. 800 employees at VaynerMedia. He's not just Wine Library TV anymore. He's a big deal. Right. right, but the thing is, is he made a name for himself by going to add value and answer questions for everybody else. And he still is the only one who responds to comments. Yep. And you know, He doesn't outsource that to an intern. Well, and that's just it. So when I talk to people, so we want a social media, hire somebody to do our social media. So you basically want to outsource your content and your engagement and your relationship going to a third party. Well, that's but fine. I, but like, he, did, that's, he did outsource the rest of the business to everyone else, though. So No, right. But I'm saying he still is actively engaged. He, right. he still plays the game. He still learns. He's the one that still thinks Snapchat is great and I'm not touching it anymore. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like in social media, just like in just like with WordPress, just like I was watching the WP crowd the other day, it was a conversation between Roy and um, Carl and, um, oh shoot, what's his name? Tom McClintock. 
I mean, Tom McFarland, sorry, not McClintock. <laughs> that's a Republican congressman, sorry. <laughs> Look, now you've gone down the wrong road there. We just got political, right? <laughs> no, I didn't mean to. I just, sorry. Oh, we just lost two viewers. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, so Roy was saying, oh, yeah, I was totally into Angular, and then all of a sudden I can't keep up. And right. that was only 18 months. So it doesn't matter what you're learning, whether it's social media or Angular or WordPress, JavaScript. Uh, HTML, PHP, just all these things are languages. They're all evolving. Language evolves, and yep. uh, customs evolve, and cultures evolve. And you have to stay on top of it, or you don't understand the game. Like, like even with my boss, I tell him you should tweet at least once a day, Jason. And and so he'll go, "Oh, is this a good tweet? Is this a good tweet?" And now he's he's having intelligent conversations, even though Twitter is my thing. He can now have intelligent conversations with our client base who are trying to, who will convert, who are converting to social media, you know? So there's an aspect of you as a business owner having some contact with how this works, whether you outsource 9% of it or 89% of it, it's not as much, it's not as important to me, I think, as, you understanding how it works and what actually works because otherwise you're just going oh this tweet had a hundred thousand impressions what does that even mean right and i think for me it, it's if when i do any sort of typical social media management it's content management and usually what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to get the business owners to have a vested interest or somebody within the organization because the quality of the content is going to improve if it comes from inside you know, it, it doesn't have to be clean content. It doesn't have to be perfect. A good content, you know, manager is right. going to be able to take whatever you've given them and they'll throw, hey, I need a post about this. Here's the information. Here's everything. Here's a picture. Go do whatever with it. They know how to craft the post. They know how to get the message out in the right way that it's going to be seen. Especially and, if it's a localized business. You're the only one who knows where you live. Right. And then the other piece from there is that it's sitting then back down with the business owner or somebody that's in the organization and say, okay, fine, you've got to do that external engagement. I can monitor your account. I can help respond to certain pieces or let you know when you need to respond when somebody makes a comment on your post. There is some degree where I can go out and interact on your behalf and find other pages and, and figure out who you should be interacting with and put that strategy in place. But you have to go in and be the one doing the social networking piece of it. You have to go in and engage with these people. And I, I try to get business owners to realize that Facebook, Twitter, Google+, LinkedIn, it doesn't matter. They're all networking groups. Right. So I've got people, I don't have time for social media. I go to a networking group every day. It's like, okay. So I go to three of them, but the rest of them are in my online. Yeah. And people say, well, I don't know how to, how do I spend an hour and a half? I don't have an hour and a half to spend a day on social media. All right, you just drove to the meeting, probably half hour to get there, half hour to get back. It's an hour and a half meeting, maybe an hour. So you've got two hours out of your day tied into a networking meeting. So if you have two hours to go to, to go to a network meeting, that's two hours that I can have online in five and 10 minute blocks, potentially. Yep. You know, that's, uh, that's priceless time. So as long as they're doing the networking piece of it, and the quality contents there, and they're just being themselves and interacting with people like they would at any public event, they'll get there. Right. And the problem with outsourcing for me is once you get into this mental outsource, well, I don't want anything to do with social media. I just want somebody to do it for me. 
okay, that's no different than posting, putting up billboards everywhere. You're just posting content. Yeah. And, you know, going back to Google, if you simply put up a blog and start posting articles and you're not getting any backlinks to them, if you're not getting any visibility because you're not driving it, it's not going to show up on its own anyway. You've acted, you have to be active about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is starting to remind me a lot of like, uh, like when, when people are doing, uh, they're selling real estate, you know, they go through all this trouble of getting a listing, getting the house all prepped, doing all this stuff. And then they come in, they come to you and say, you know what? I just don't have enough time to go run around, put all those little signs up all over the place. Uh, I don't really want to put the signs up. I, I don't right. know if I want to get in my car and drive all the way over there. You know what? I got to sit in this house all day waiting for people to show up for right. this open house. It's like, dude, just go down the street, get the signs that are in the back of your car and go put them down there. And, or maybe you don't even know how to make the signs. So now you got to go figure out where to go buy the signs and where to go do all that stuff. That's okay. Like go and do all of that stuff and get, you know, spend that little bit of time to get out there and actually, you know, try to get those leads and try to get those sales. Well, and it's also not putting up the signs to me. It's, you know, it's one thing they, they put up all these signs and then send an open house and they don't get any traffic. Okay. Right. So the difference is, well, if they're going out there and actively promoting this open house, if they're actually talking to people, if they're letting people know they have this open house, sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. But if you've got it in the back of your mind that, oh, yeah, there's an open house and then I happen to see the sign, I'm more likely to show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it, it, you have to do both pieces. And I do a presentation where um, I use an, the owner of a coffee shop since usually using an alcohol store, the bar doesn't go over so well. It's not proud. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it equally goes between a good cup of coffee and a good scotch. So depending on the crowd, I got to go with the coffee. Um, <laughs> but the idea is that it, you know, you spend all this money, you build out the, this website, you build out your social media profiles, you put all this in, and then simply you're doing nothing but posting. So that's like going out and taking A-frames because you don't have any money, sticking them on a street corner, and changing a message every day or a couple times per day. Those are all your posts. Some people come by, some people won't. But if that same business owner, instead of trying to just wait for people to see a sign and see a post and hope they see it and then come in and do something or, or get them in, he's actually spending time interacting with people who could use his service. Mm -hmm. You know, go to a book club, meet these people. The equivalent of joining a group or similar people where your customers might be hanging out. You know, they start learning who you are. They start interacting yeah. with you. And at that point, you start getting them back when they start questioning who you are or wanting to know more to your business. Right. It's, it, it's an active approach. You know, That's kind we, of like why we go to WordCamps because we have a product that they would like. We're at a booth, we sponsor it, and yeah. we ask them, do you work with nonprofits? And then we get on these conversations. And in, in fact, one conversation at LA ended up going to pop culture, music videos, cinematography. And the guy came up to me later, he goes, wow, I had a really good conversation with you. I didn't expect that. Because you still have to be a human being. Like there's no, there's no shortcut to the human being, right? It doesn't matter if you're working at a booth or you're tweeting or you're commenting on Facebook, you still have to have natural conversations because that's how you build relationships. Exactly. It's about the relationship. So you're saying that Give cannot replace you with a robot that's going to sit there and say, hello, how are you doing today? And then have a conversation. No, I mean, you know, I was at the airport, this lady at the TSA, like her whole job was take your laptop out, 
Put the laptop has to be in a separate bucket. Take your shoes off. Make sure there's nothing in your pocket. I mean, I couldn't believe that that's all she did. Now that can be automated, right? Right. But the pat down is not going to be automated. You want that right. personal touch. It's all the nerve endings that we detect, use to detect whether or not my ankle really is a, a security threat, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, there's an aspect of that. It's your face. It's the micro expressions. It's the nuances on social. It's the it's the emojis. It's the stickers. It's the winky um, things. It's the sarcasm. It's the inside jokes. It's remembering that Robert likes the kayak and how was the fishing today and did you grill your own fish? Da 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 da. And they're like, oh, you listen to me. That's so awesome. You must be my friend. And that that just goes through our heads because that's how humans connect with each other. That's why these little tiny details matter. That's why showing like Robert does picture of a kayak, uh, you know, or whatever the front of the kayak or the whale or a seal or whatever you saw. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Like, He's like a third of the story, I'm Robert. Like, so, you know. He's like kayaking in the, like, these perfect storm conditions. I'm like, holy crap. I hope you have life insurance. And, um, and, but, you're, but everybody's commenting on it. They're like, wow, that's amazing. What was your lunch like? What did you put on your fish? Da, 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 da. Well, and, and the funny thing is I don't do it enough for myself anymore, but a lot of that content, I you know, post on your business pages. That's what you know, I'm saying. It's on your I, you know, Yeah, I mean, it's not just on your personal page. The whole people, people do business with people. So, A, if you're writing content, you're always focused on just putting out business content. It's boring. It's dry. Right. If you put personal content out there, it gives a reason for somebody to, to form a bond with you. And even I, I tell people, I said, yeah, it, it sometimes doesn't come across right. But even if that bond has no value to me right. or it's superficial to me, to whoever is reading that or whoever has that bond or created it, it's not to them. Exactly. And they're more likely to do business with you than somebody else. And it, it's really funny. I go back and I, I've stood in front of groups, fairly large groups with a $20 bill in my hand. And um, Bob Berger, the go-giver, everybody's familiar with that quote that uh, people do business with and refer business to those they know, like, and trust. Okay? But the problem is there's five additional qualifying words for that. And most people don't remember the full quote. Oh, really? Do and tell. the problem is that quote is preceded by when all else is equal. Oh. So when in oh. business is all else equal? Even if you have two state farm agents or two all state agents, and they're quoting the exact same plans and prices. They can be two miles apart. Whoever's closer is who you're going to go to. Right? Um, you can look at circumstances, and I've run through the, the easiest scenario: is husband calls his wife, turns around, hey, let, I don't feel like you know, let, let's go out to eat dinner tonight. I don't feel like doing dishes or cooking or whatever else yeah. it is. And she suggests, oh, let's go to you know our favorite place. We know the food's great. We know it's inexpensive and we always have a good time and a good meal and people are friendly. Yeah. Um, and husband comes back and says, well, you know what? That's a little further out of the way since we're coming from work. Why don't we go try that new place? And that happens all the time. There's a scenario where you're actively rejecting the no like and trust mm -hmm. for convenience. Sure. But when you have a relationship with the owner of that restaurant, you're far more likely to go because the, the amount of guilt you potentially feel if you don't. Yes. And the better the relationship, the more guilt you have by going yes. somewhere else. Yes. So relationships trump price and all those convenience factors and all those other pieces. So the whole point is if you don't build these relationships, 
there's something potentially better out there or different or just random that you can do business to. I feel so at home. So I used to tell people like, if your brother-in-law is an architect you, and you want to remodel your house, if you don't hire your brother-in-law, you will not be invited to Thanksgiving. Exactly. So <laughs> well, it's going to be a very awkward conversation when you post on, when you go to Thanksgiving and somebody asks who designed the house and, um, uh, and it's not like somebody catching you at, at that restaurant posting on Facebook and you've got to explain to your best friend why you ate somewhere else to save that place. I mean, I'm just saying this is the reality that nobody wants to talk about is that a little bit of guilt. I'm not talking dysfunctional guilt. I'm just saying that this is part of why relationships matter. You, it's because of that that um, inward biological drive to survive. Right. And as a tribe, I'm deciding that I'm going to do this and you're going to do that. Together, we're going to make it. Kind of like right. how Simon Sinek always talks about. Right. So that's why relationships are so valuable because you have to trust the people you're doing business with. Especially it, when you're subcontracting, which happens right. a lot, both in construction and in website development, because maybe Jason builds the back end, but he's subcontracting the front end, the designer. He might be subcontracting the graphic designer. But um, so a lot of times it's not a one person does the whole thing. And so all those pieces that you're building in order to build this website or all the contributors you have in order to build this plugin that you're selling, you're outsourcing marketing, you're outsourcing all these pieces and they all have to resound and harmonize in order mm -hmm. to keep your branding the same. Great. See, I worked in WordPress there, Jason. <laughs> I did see that. I did see that. <laughs> well, but, well, the other flip side of working in the back in the WordPress piece of it and getting back to that end of it is that these relationships and you know somebody says, well, two years of doing this and I didn't get anything out of it. And I told you before we started that we actually met probably five and a half years ago, and I, I basically spent more time nurturing that relationship when I started this business up a couple of years ago, and. It, the idea at that point was I'm sharing content, I'm interacting on your content because it resonates with me or, or Carol Stevens content and going back. But the relationships that you go back now, even 21, 22 months ago, I'm on this show with you as a result of that relationship and following. Oh, yeah, for there sure. Back, and that post that you created earlier, there are backlinks from your site, which is probably a higher domain than authority than my site is drive potentially now boosts my SEO and drives traffic. So when that individual local here in Tacoma does a quick search for something on social media, I'm more likely to come up higher in ranking because of it. Right. So the relationship that you and I started five and a half years ago is building business for me down the road. Yep. And, and vice versa. And vice versa. And I'm sharing your content. I'm promoting you and doing again, the same thing. Right. So again, any authority I've built is going to transfer to you on that end of it. And we're simply using the social media as that networking tool. So let's talk brass tacks. We're 40 minutes in. I know people are wondering like, okay, so, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe the people that spend five hours at the golf course have time for all this because they can carve out that time or whatever. But how much time do you think is a minimum amount? At the I, very I've minimum. Never heard this one ever. So, okay, so the best one is I was sitting, I, t I was teaching a class on LinkedIn in Arizona, and the person turns around, well, I don't have time to spend all that much time on networking or on marketing. So the first thought went through my head is, well, how else 
do you intend to get business if you don't want to spend time on marketing? So the, the short answer is as much time as you have available is the minimum time you should be doing. Building relationships takes time. Oh, I hate it depends. Okay. So here's so here's the thing. <laughs> it totally depends. I hate that answer. I hate that answer. So I know and everybody hates it. It's all about it depends, Bridget. It always is all about it depends. <laughs> so bottom line is as much time as you have, you should be spending. I mean, I may or may not have a video on how to do Twitter in five minutes a day on exactly. my YouTube channel. But I'm just saying, like, I think you can do it. It, with the least amount of effort on one platform, 30 minutes in a day. I think, you know, and the funny thing is, is 30 minutes is probably more than reasonable, but I'd almost guarantee that every business owner, if they actually took the time and learned how to do it, has an easy hour to two hours during their day they can spend. And it sounds stupid, but if you're sitting online and you're waiting online for something, there's two minutes that you could pull out your phone and you can send a tweet or respond to somebody or take 30 you're seconds. You're always waiting. You're always waiting for something. It's a perfect thing to do while you're waiting. If you find that you probably find at any point, if you take a stopwatch tomorrow and go through your entire day, when you have downtime where your phone's in your hand, just waiting on something, you've probably racked up two hours in your day. Yeah. Of just dead time. You're simply waiting for the microwave to go off in 30 seconds. I can scroll through my feed, see something, great, respond to it. Don't move on. Waiting 10 minutes for a client to get on a conference call. And that time I can just be on my phone. I can just run through a feed and make a comment. We're so ingrained that oh, I have to spend all this time creating a post. It can take me and I know what I'm doing at this point. I've done it so much for the last decade that I can create a post in, in 30, 40 minutes, but structured, right, written, right, edited, make sure I have all my images, make sure it reads properly. That's time. So I can either spend that every day. Or I can take that and I can respond or interact with 15 different posts from other people. And I can do that in two minute blocks, right? Minute at a minute at a time. Even you see something, even if it's simply, well, I don't have time to respond. So Bridget posted something. I saw it come through and I'm just going to like it. You still see me. You still get yeah. a notification that I liked it. It's still constant interaction. Yeah. And the funny thing about all of this really becomes is that the more time you spend on this and just doing that simple little engagement on other people's content, if you're engaging on the right content, I think half of my posts are shares because I found something simply by scrolling through my news feeds. You know, it's real simple that if I have like pages as, as my business on Facebook and I scroll through a feed, oh, wait a minute, there's something I can share that I can make a piece of content out of that. The piece of content I shared the other day from Stone Temple uh, Consulting was just that. It was something that I found simply scrolling through a feed. Right. And I think that may have, and that one may have come up on Twitter even. I find stuff randomly on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can make content. I can share content of that. So great. I can add one or two sentences to add some authority and credibility to me or my two cents. Share it. I built a relationship because I've shared somebody's content. I've created some authority for myself and I've created a piece of content and I did it in 10 minutes or less. I also find that this relationship building and if you integrate lists, like you put these people that you've developed these relationships with on Twitter lists, you right. now are have built a relationship, you're sharing things, and you've built yourself the best curation tool ever. Well, and, and I do the same because thing. Because you're I, killing three birds with one stone. Exactly. And you do and you use Twitter lists the same way I use Facebook page likes. I don't like much as myself. I like everything 
as the business. So effectively, each every page that likes other pages has its own independent feed. And that feed is basically every page that I've liked as my business. And the nice piece about that is I am liking pages who would have content that is shareable for me, industry people that I can build relationships with that can help promote my content would do the same and potentially drive those backlinks in the SEO side of it. Um, it or I can work with and network with or you know co-author blog posts with. Um, I'm targeting also anybody that might be a potential client of mine, anybody that I want as a potential client because I can always be visible to them. So top of mind awareness on that side of it. But I can go through and find all this content in one spot, and I use Facebook, yep. you know, page likes the same way you use the Twitter lists. Yep, because it's curation and relationship building all in one. And then you share it. You're not sharing your own stuff. You're furthering out their network, and you're—I mean, there's just—it's a win-win-win. That's where that's where Nuzzle comes in for me. Is using that on my phone, I I love Nuzzle because it gives me all the stuff that everyone else is liking including all the stuff that I should be looking at that I may have missed. So being able to see all those types of things together seems to work really well for me. And the only thing, and one of the reasons why I don't use any automation pieces for any sort of monitoring, and I'm, I'm very old school, that I will take, and I've got my little lists. I try and spend my coffee, 8 o'clock in the morning to 9 o'clock. That's my time. I sit with my cup of coffee, and I'm just reading through my feeds and just interacting with people. That's all I do for that hour even if I never get a chance to get back later in the day. Um, and the idea for me is that I can go into each um, platform specifically. I'm going into Twitter. I'm running through and scrolling through Twitter. I can scroll through Facebook. I can scroll through Google Plus and LinkedIn. And it's not that it's necessarily easier for me than using something like Hootsuite to aggregate everything. But I found for me that it's like phoning it in. If you're using a third-party app, you're getting that core view that you've created, but you're missing what might be on the peripheral side of it. Mm. I've seen content and conversations or got caught in something because I was in my Twitter feed as opposed yep. to being in Hootsuite. Um, I keep my ticker running, which most people still hate on Facebook, because I can see who's interacting with certain pieces of content. I also happen to know who's active at any given moment based on that, and my notifications oh. when they come that's my it. wife, so my wife like stalks that thing. She looks at it and she goes, "Did you know that so and so likes such and such?" I'm like, "No, I don't." I, I didn't, didn't think about it from a business standpoint. I just was annoyed. Right. By so, it. so here's the interesting thing. So Rhonda, I'm watching because Rhonda's on this on the on broadcast the with us, and she's on chat. So I knew that she was available, and I sent her a message. I basically tagged her in one of the posts I set up for this on Facebook. But I knew she was active at that moment. So I knew if I tagged her, she wasn't going to miss it. She'd see it immediately. Uh -huh. But I'm aware of that. So I'm, I, I'm paying attention to notifications that come in from my friends. I'm paying attention to, um, and this is for you, Rhonda, because I know you just said, can you repeat that? I'm paying <laughs> attention to people who are just showing up in that um, ticker on the side. Mm -hmm. So I know who's active at any given moment. So I know that if I need this person's attention, they're ready. They're readily there, mm -hmm. and I can drive them or interact, or I can post something specifically, knowing there's a good chance they will see it. Yeah, and you did bring up a good point about um, the you can get in a rut by only staying in your list on Hootsuite, like I do. So uh -huh. I make it a point 
I, so my drink of my coffee a little earlier than you, friend, at seven. Yep. Sometimes seven thirty if I sleep in. But I but I'm on oh regular goodness. Twitter. Regular Twitter. Just right. the twitter.com app. And I'm just looking at the actual things because because you do miss things. And now Twitter has that while you're away, you might uh -huh. have missed this tweet from Morton Heinrichsen or whoever. And so it's you can you know, it's people that it, you Twitter's doing that Facebook thing where they know that you like these people and you interact with them and you might have missed their tweets because right. we know you guys don't use the list that we gave you the power to do so <laughs> let us serve this <laughs> up for you you know no, every time i talk about twitter lists people are like oh my god it's the best thing ever i didn't know you could do that right but, but it's easy to get in a rut if you only read those tweets so i well, like to spend at least five minutes in my home feed every day I do it At on least. Facebook, I do it on LinkedIn, I do it on Twitter. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't use Hootsuite yep. to aggravate it for the core part, but, you know, I guess it's the same thing to phoning into a party. If you turn around, there's one thing that you're in the environment, it's a second piece. If you're on Skype and you're joining, you still get the feel and everything else, but there's some, there, there's a piece you're missing. Well, I would say it's more like when you're talking to somebody and they're looking over your shoulder, looking the whole time to see if there's somebody better to talk to. You yeah. can tell that they're doing yeah. that. And you're like, yeah, so I was thinking about joining a nudist colony. <laughs> Just to see if they're listening. So they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. Oh, sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, well, I'll catch up with you next week. <laughs> and then <Yeah>. like, nobody's <laughs> even listening. They talk. Yeah. So, so there is a point. I think if you spend, if you make it a list, and I, I create these little daily action plans for a lot of my clients that, you know, you need to do this for 10 minutes. You need to do this for 10 minutes. Worst case scenario, you have a busy day. You only get through 10 minutes of your hours worth of stuff. Fine. The next day, start on the where you left off. Exactly. If you get through the entire list, start over again. I mean, we get into the we have to do this. Yeah, we get into the short. We have to do this every day. We have to do this every day. And you don't necessarily have to. You simply have to be active as much as you can be. So the minimum amount of time. I would spend a half hour to an hour a day because I think you have it. And I think most business owners really do. And I think it helps me a lot of times is just step away from what I'm actually trying to be doing or working mm -hmm. with clients to clear my head. And that's my entertainment almost. Yeah. Um, so it's a break for me, um, but I'm also disciplined enough that I'm done. I get off of it. If you have to set a stopwatch, set a timer, whatever right. you need to do on your phone. And when you're done, just close it. Um, and if there's nothing there and you go through 10 minutes and there was nothing on LinkedIn, yep. Fine, move on. You know, right. I've gotten sucked into conversations that I was going to be on LinkedIn for ten minutes doing this, and you know, you get into this conversation, you realize, well, I just spent an hour on it. I have all these other things to do, but the relationship you just built, that conversation, it's valuable. Is exceedingly valuable down the road. You never yeah. know where it's going to come from. But um, I mean, that you make a good point about the timer because Carol Stephen always says this. Yep. Put on a timer for 15 minutes. You can do anything for 15 minutes. And when yep. it's done, just stop. Yep. I mean, if, you think if that if that seems like the hardest, she applies it to exercise and everything. <laughs> Anybody maybe, can exercise for 15 minutes. I, maybe I should try that approach for exercising. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it for drinking, but I always go past my time. Like she has to do it for Pinterest because that's why you, you podcast anytime. <laughs> if you're worried about spending too much time, that's another good reason to use a timer. Right. That exact reason. Yeah. 
And if you want to audit all of that time, I use this tool called uh, Rescue Time. I run it on my Mac. Whoa. I love that thing. And it keeps track of all the stuff that I've been doing all day long. It babysits me to see what pages I'm on and what things I'm doing and whatnot. It's a lot of fun to kind of look back and go like, wow, I really did spend three hours on Facebook Messenger or two, two on this or five on that or whatever. And it's good to look at it and see you know, what is it that you've been doing all day long. Wow. And 25, and 25 minutes looking for nudist colonies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that except dogs. The sunburning part would be like the main disqualification. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I can handle that. <laughs> but, you know, I say to the extreme because there's been times where I've been in conversations where I thought, you know, I thought, I thought maybe I'll just say something extreme like, I'm thinking about going to Nepal and becoming a nun. Yep. <laughs> Just, I was thinking about starting a drug ring. <laughs> like, just <laughs> to see if the people are paying. Because they're just going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sounds good, Bridget. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I do that to my boss sometimes, too. When there's, like, these big, long silences. I just said something amazing. It's still silent. <laughs> like, I'm going to try one of these lines out. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, so just start adding a few of those on Twitter now as little tweets out and see who's actually paying attention to what see you're saying. See who's paying attention. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, no, you gotta entertain yourself, right? Like my, has si it. my sister, she's pretty funny. This is a little off topic, but um, we do that here. I used to get these collection calls before I went bankrupt, and um, she would say, "Just ask them what they're wearing." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh man, you know you can entertain yourself. But one time she said, "You know, just tell the guy I really." Because they always badger you, like, what did you do from now to then that you can't afford to pay this? And she goes, just tell him you started smoking crap. That shit's expensive. <laughs> I, oh, yep. So, I mean, sometimes people do that online to get attention. And that's kind of like the fake news stuff, too. Like, yep. that, like look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, a lot of times it's like, oh, that's it. I'm deleting all my Facebook. I'm leaving Facebook. I'm going to Facebook fast. I'm going to Facebook <laughs> sabbatical. I'm deleting all my friends. If you see this, you made the cut. There's all these like suicide, like extreme measures to get attention. And that, I think, being that extreme with your social media presence, I would say that you would, all would agree with me that it's kind of risky. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you probably should read things before you post them. Yeah. You're agreeing on this, though, right? You're not going to just write comments, Robert. You're going to read the actual thing. Well, and, and that's just, and that was one of the things, and I know there are just groups Just for clarification. Well, yeah, no, it, it's, well, the whole point is, it, if you're going to simply put a comment, and, and it drives me nuts when I see comments like, great post, or awesome, or whatnot, yeah, yeah. because, you know, yes, I get that you're interacting, but that's not going to ever get me to back to look at who you are. You know, that's just, you know, the occasional high, fine, glad I got some engagement, you know, and that's the other piece. We're so focused on getting engagement. Mm -hmm. If you don't have anything valuable to add to my conversations, please don't engage because you're just wasting everybody's time. Well, and it does post bump. Yeah, and I, you know, me, it's interesting. Facebook, everybody gets focused on reach. But we'll go back a quick step. So, yes, anything I comment on, I am trying to add a valuable comment based on the content of the article. So when I write posts, I'm doing two things. First, I want to write a post that gives you enough or gives anybody enough information that they don't have to read the article that it's linked to. 
to be able to respond intelligently. Hmm. Because if I have to make somebody actually click through and link and read an article, they're not yeah. going to. That's just human nature. If anything, That's I'm going to write. This works. Right. If anything, I'm going to create enough of a content on the body of the post to make you want to click through. In which case, I know you're a genuine reader, in which case, if you do get to my site, you're more likely to convert either filling out an email list or sending a contact request. Because at least then you're there because you want to be, not because I made you go to the site. But if they're not there, I will, if I'm going to interact and comment, I'm going to read whatever you shared. I'm going to try and pull something from the article you shared to show you that I read the article. Yeah. Okay. Like, have you uh, checked out the weather report in Nepal before you decided to become a nun there? Because it's really what? cold in the Himalayas. Exactly. <laughs> so, so someone has been looking up this information. Huh? <laughs> so, yeah, so the whole... I was just trying to continue the theme. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first, folks. I've so, yeah, so, it, you know, when I write, the comments are really designed to do two things. They're really designed to tell whoever I'm re whoever's content it is that I actually read it and care about it. That to me is a relationship piece. Anything else is just not being genuine, and it's just doing it to get attention or visibility. And, and yes, it works. Does it help the business? Yes, a little bit, but it doesn't do anything long term. You don't get anything out of it. Yeah. When I can, I'll write the comments to be somewhat authoritative. Either I can add to something that's in the body of the post. So if you write an article uh, about give, and I can turn around and add a comment back that yes, I'm using it for a client of mine, and it's been phenomenal. We love it. I can add some value to your post. I can I can boost what you're talking about, but I also get some authority on my end that I am using it. I understand how it works. Right. So there's a reason for somebody else that would be in that thread of the comment to want to check me out, not just you. The whole reach piece. It's interesting we get caught up with because I mentioned it. <clears throat> True organic reach is simply when your post shows in a news feed for somebody. It's simply perfectly timed, perfectly relevant perfectly shareable. What most people don't get is that Facebook does get it wrong. You can actually create reach later. It's something I've call, been calling manufactured reach. That I can write a post. It does not show up in the news feed. Nobody knows anything about it. But if I can actively, through my comments, drive people back to it or create interaction, which is basically somebody engages comments on a post and I drive a conversation. And three and four people now start to chime in. Suddenly, Facebook does go back, at least in my mind, based on what I've seen, looks at that post and suddenly realizes, well, maybe it is shareable. If it's getting this much interaction, we, maybe people do want to see it. So you'll see older posts sometimes get higher reach because of that. So it doesn't matter that it's just initial reach in that post when it came out. You can build that reach into it. Yeah. You know. So you still recommend Facebook pages for business to business? For That's business what you're doing. Well, it's the only For way business the business to business, to business to consumer. Right? What was that, Jason? The business to business is the only way that they can talk through a page, right? You can actually now tag individuals in posts in a business post. I don't like doing it because it potentially puts that post on their wall. And so far, I haven't seen that, but it's just a, it, it's somewhere I don't want to go. Mm -hmm. I will usually tag an individual in the comments afterwards. So. <clears throat> And I think I and I did that today when I shared the post about this. I actually went back and I wrote the post and I tagged <clears throat> myself in it, but I went back in and added a comment tagging somebody else in it, mm -hmm. so I can actually drive somebody to that post. Um, but yeah, I, pages work. I, you know, 
uh, everything is built organically on mine. I do not ask people for likes. Uh, it, it dilutes the relevancy of your page. Um, it, it, to me, it's it's somewhat black hat if, if I see it because well, Google will tell you if you create artificial backlinks or you create non-relevant backlinks, they're going to penalize you. Facebook doesn't come out and say it, but my gut tells me based on experience that, yeah, if you're inviting a thousand people to like your page and Facebook goes and looks and says 999 of these, your page content isn't relevant to based on their activity. You're just trying to game a system to get more likes and you're going to get demoted. You're going to have a lower reach in the end. So I never ask anybody to like anything. I do. I never so how do you do that if you're, because like your page, well, I mean, I saw that you have a few different pages that are relating to you in your business. When right. you're just the business and your business is not your name, how how do you put yourself into that conversation, or how do you put yourself into that that post that's happening that someone else has posted? Like, how how do you do that? Because it just it'd be weird if like all of a sudden McDonald's hopped in and started asking me questions about something. You know what I mean? Like, how does how does that work? <laughs> so if, if um, and using it on WordPress, I it can be two things. I can go into WordPress and I can respond or interact as tactical social media. Mm -hmm. And I can ask a simple question, and you should all just append the post with my name. So I'll use something, just add my name so there's a person that's side to it. But on a smaller organization, on a you know, typical small business or solopreneur, you can interact as the business. I interact and use the same tone of voice from the business as I do for myself. It's very personal. So that business has its own persona, and you might as well just be thinking you're talking to another person. And that's the idea. I, I used to joke that you know you've hit it well in social media when your page is or your brand is so well liked that people want to invite it over to Sunday dinner with the family kind of thing. So I try and create that atmosphere. And that's why posting right. personal content, that's why having personal conversations and joking back and forth with another business. In terms of interjecting on my own content, um, I'll switch and sometimes post as myself or respond to comments as myself. I'll sometimes re respond to comments as the business. It depends on the nature of the comment who's asking. You know, if Bridget comes back into one of my business page posts and, and comments and mentions me, I'm going to respond as me. If somebody yeah. comes in and asks a specific question, well, how do you do this? I'll respond as the business. Um, but yeah, I, you know, for a larger brand, it becomes a little more difficult to do that. But as an average small business, I know most of the people I'm interacting with are small businesses. Yeah, I mean, I've seen people where they've complained publicly or complained publicly about, say, like an airline. That's usually the one that gets the most heat, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, right. United, United's awful. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. And then what ends up happening is if you know if they're on their game and it's kind of weird when you see it, they'll hop in and they'll re respond back, and everybody's like, "Whoa, did you see that airline just rolled in here and started asking questions?" and and commenting yeah. and stuff, it's like, wow, that's amazing. At that point, you you've now showed as that airline that you actually care about those people that are that are there talking to each other. And how yeah. how other to, how how would you do that um, any other way? Like if oh they're out gosh. on the street corner, the airlines not gonna walk up and be like, hey, so I overheard you saying something about me. Um, it's just it's 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 just interesting to see that you can use that type of marketing technique to come back and say, hey. You know, I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, hit me up privately. We'd be more than happy to help you out. Well, that's the power of social media, that the yeah. business actually, the brand actually has the ability to interact with the consumer. Right. You know, when you walk into a retail business, it's always the manager. It's not the brand that has the ability to, 
interface. It's an individual in the store. So yeah, I, I, that that to me is one of the best advantages to social media for anybody. Is that your I, brand? I guess the kind of the, the the winds need to be going the the correct way, and and the moon and the sun need to be lined up correctly to make that yeah. happen. Because you can't just be like some company called United said this thing about you know this they they totally messed me up on uh, a flight you know that I had, and they didn't tag them. Well, at that point. Because of the fact that they weren't tagged, no one actually saw. You know, no one saw it from the brand, so they weren't able to do anything about it. Well, well, then then we'll go back. That's a whole other issue because if you don't have some sort of social listening platform to monitor for your brand names right. and your mentions, right, you got you're missing you got bigger it. problems. And then right, then we get into a whole other piece that I can't. Oh, darn, tell you we have another topic to have you on. But oh, I totally, no, but I totally have a couple of examples about that, Jason. Actually, yeah, please yeah. do. Pocket, um, Jason and Robert. So I was going to Spokane last year. Um, Spokane, Spokane. I don't even know Spokane. how you say it. Spokane. No, Spokane works for me. Spokane. Okay. So from on Southwest, and it was really turbulent, right? So I, I just thought I would say something, but I wanted to be funny. So I said my Southwest, you know, at Southwest flight was so. Uh, turbulent it was like the indiana jones ride minus the john williams score right so it's going to be funny you know putting a disneyland ride in there because you are you're going up and down you're just missing da, 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 da. and so um they responded back they're like oh what's your favorite indiana jones movie i'm like oh totally the first one and they go well did you like the last one i go the last one's good because i like sean connery but you know i was kind of stretchy a little bit but it's campy da, da, da. we're going back and forth back and forth back and forth and then they go well send us um a dm i'm sending follow us and we'll send you a dm and they gave me a coupon for X amount off my next ticket. Okay. So, but I've, and then, then um, I, so this recent trip, I went to uh, work camp US and I was flying by myself. I had a layover in Chicago, Midway, Southwest. And so, um, of course, there was a delay, stupid Chicago and, I hate Chicago already, but <laughs> uh, it was it, it wasn't their fault. There was some storm, so Philadelphia was saying no planes could come, right? And so anyway, I checked into some piece of crap airplane food pizza place, right, on Swarm, and I tweeted it out. And so there's been this whole conversation from Anthony's Pizza in Illinois because they saw that I checked in to a pizza place in Chicago. And they're like, oh, what kind of pizza did you get? Oh, how long are you in Chicago? And I was like, oh, I'm just here for, you know, a layover. And they're like, oh man, the next time you come here, um, we would love to give you a slice or something. I'm like, and so I know the game because this is what I do for a living. Like this person yep. could potentially be one of my friends. And they're like, well, here's a slice with a pizza emoji till next time. Like now I actually feel like I want to go to Chicago and go do a, what's it called? Anthony's pizza. Because I, like, there was some tweets and it's only, been, it's been like a week, week and a half. And, and we're still going back and forth with these tweets. And I think that, I think that we forget the basic thing about human um, yep. behavior is that if you think about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the psychology of social beings that we are, after air, food, water, and shelter, it's love and belonging. And most of the time, even when somebody complains, all they want is to be acknowledged. 
Yep. Today, I got a tweet from on Give because we're we're advertising, um, you know, on Google Display Networks, and it just goes wherever. As a website, you decide if you want GDN ads. Okay, like you don't you don't decide what websites you're advertising on. You're just you're just advertising on Google for these keywords, and then Google is displaying them because this website decided they wanted them. So I got this really bad screenshot. I mean, like you guys are tweeting or advertising on a racist news site. So I'm like, oh, send this to Jason. And he's like, I'll just take it down. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Thanks for letting us know. And they're like, are you going to take it down? I'm like, oh, we can't choose which website we are on. But for sure, we paused our ad campaign. Thanks for letting us know. You know, <laughs> you know what are you going to do, right? Because all that person wants to feel is like, I saw this and I don't like it. And they just want you to go, oh, thanks for letting us know. It's so nice of you. So well, nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny that in the pizza one, it's like I've seen businesses pull that up because they paid attention in terms of listening. And, and it's just a simple conversation that they had with you over something. What kind is um, your favorite? Pepperoni. Do you like jalapenos? Right, so this is a whole, this is a brand having a conversation with an individual on social media that potentially, A, they've got name recognition. They've got mentions here now because of which might get them some potential business. Anthony's and, in Chicago. <laughs> and if you ever go back to Chicago, the likelihood is you're going to tweet to them and see if you can find a way to connect. Yeah, just for fun now. Right? So there's this long-term relationship over just this human conversation between a brand and an individual and we don't do it enough um yeah so i you know that piece is big and then you know that they caught that stuff and as far as the the like you said the negative comments and people just want to be heard and acknowledged i think when it comes to putting out content out there on social media and something does go wrong i think the biggest thing that people don't do is they don't acknowledge it they don't respond to it I mean, I, you can take any negative comment and make it something totally positive in the end, as long as you hear them out, as long as you, you know, listen to them and, and try and make amends to it. And I think that's the biggest problem with a lot of the brands is they don't. Yep, we did that in construction. People don't yep. like loud noises. It's a remodel. It's not quiet. Exactly. <laughs> but you just have to empathize with them, you know. And, and we get it a lot, too, because our support is specific time, 9 to 5. <laughs> Oh, yep. you got a support ticket? <laughs> we would really love if you did that. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Jason doesn't He's know what so to think now. <laughs> oh, man. I like to read my tweets in different voices, okay? I entertain myself. This is a fun job. It's not uh, you know smiling. What, you know, Robert, we need to ask her. So when you're reading our tweets, what, what, what's the voice that you're that you're reading? <laughs> I don't know. I, even no, now no, it's not, you got that New Jersey. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know. Now it makes me want to come back. Is tomorrow I'm just going to be Cookie Monster for all my tweets, right? Respond to everything with mm, cookies. <laughs> we don't have fun on the show or anything. <laughs> yeah, next week can be Oscar the Grouch for the whole day. The whole week. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, Jason, you found those tweets. Good job. Yeah, I found the tweets. I was looking, but that was hard. <laughs> I have skills, Bridget. All right. It, it's just the way it is. I know you have skills. You have mad skills. You have more skills than you think you do. Oh, and this totally applies to us as WordPress people, selling uh -huh. plugins, selling our services, listening to people. We can be that. You know, if you see somebody struggling with their website, oh my God, my screen is white. My form isn't working. You could totally jump on there and go, oh, did you try the CSS? Blah, 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 blah. Being yep. helpful on social media has never been a bad thing. Well, and, and I mean, A, you're being helpful, so you do two things. You do it if it's a third party being helpful on your site, and it's funny, that's actually in the end where I figured some of this stuff out. So back with the previous business where we met, I was back and pages for Facebook were set up a little different back then. And you could easily switch back and forth between posts made by the page and posts made by others to the page. Yeah. So I would purposely scroll through Verizon Wireless. I would purposely scroll through AT&T's pages every day and take 10 to 15 minutes. And I would look for any question that I can answer because I had a decade of experience. And it would simply be, I came in as the business's name and I simply answered a question that they had or told them how to get something done when they were bitching at Verizon or they were bitching at and I told them, call up, tell them you need this, it'll get taken care of. Nothing on it for me, right? I've had Verizon come back on post like that and I remember specifically saying thank you to me for helping their customer. Their oh. customer got something taken care of and done. Yep. I got some recognition out of it. I did get likes out of that, people organically finding me, and I did in the end get business out of it. And all I'm doing is being genuinely helpful, and most of the time it was actually to the, to the other company's benefit. I mean, if I miss something, if, if Bridget, you miss a comment or, or something immediate about, I'm having a problem with, you know, give plugin, and I know what the answer is, and I come back in even as my brand and answer it, I've just helped you, which is just bettering our relationship. I've taken care of your customer for you. Yep. They knew who I, and I got myself some visibility for them too. And they may question as to why I was able to answer that and look at my content. Right. And it circles back to what we were talking about earlier with Gary Vaynerchuk. When yep. he first started Wine Library TV and his Gary V handle, he just was on Twitter answering people's questions. What wine goes with chicken marsala? Oh, yep. you should try a robust red. <laughs> like, he doesn't sound like that, Bridget. <laughs> so what does he sound like, Jason? <laughs> he sounds like what he sounds like. <laughs> You've got to add a few expletives in there. Just all question mark, dollar sign, underscore. <laughs> Oh, screen reader can't pronunciate it. <laughs> anyway, my point is that that doing that is not a bad thing. Yeah, being there, being helpful, answering questions, and um, and creating that relationship, especially with real people looking for mm -hmm. web developers. First of all, <laughs> until I was like three months in, I didn't even know that was what it was called. To me, a developer was somebody who bought land and built houses on it. And sold them. I'm definitely not doing that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. I so, like, apartment. They're, they're not going to Google WordPress developer. They don't no. know that that's what it's called. So, you know, you being online and going, well, I'm just waiting at my doctor's appointment. I might as well just look at the internet. Yep. I say pronunciate to be ridiculous. I know it's pronounced. 
just for the record, <laughs> to my new BFF Rhonda over there. I like to be funny, if anybody hasn't figured that out yet. I am not, nor do I have plans of being a nun or going to Nepal. Even but, the nudist, just, but the nudist colony is still in play. I built myself that one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> let's, see, let's see how many tweets you get tomorrow asking. Hey, if they watch the show all the way at hour 27. Hey, look, all we got to do is they, just, I will respond to them if they even know the nudist colony comment. All I gotta do is just at mention them, and it, it happens, Bridget. They'll listen to this. I'll give them the time code, and it'll happen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, like good There's not enough sunscreen in the world. This is why I never wanted to go to Hawaii. Everything you do is outside. I get burnt in 15 minutes. Sunscreen gives me 15 more minutes. Third <laughs> 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 degree burns. Woohoo! <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> Yeah, no. I'm Irish and Swedish, and none of those places have sun, so... <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you know, I, about me. The, the, big, <laughs> the, big, the big takeaway for me in this entire conversation we had is, is the fact that someone, and you know, I, I know that other people do this, I know that, that this exists, obviously, because you're doing it, Robert, but the idea that you're using Facebook as a page and walking around Facebook and looking at all the stuff that's happening and interacting with people as a page mm -hmm. literally blows my mind. Like I, I have pages. I have never logged in as a page and used oh. as a page and done stuff as a page. It's not, it's not something I've ever done before. Challenge is on. Yeah. And the interesting thing is how much visibility, if you go and it's funny, it's like, well, where do you comment? Well, my favorite place to comment is on any of the zoo pages. Because if you go to any page, zoo, so out here it's a point to find zoo, they post a picture and they'll get 85,000 different comments on a single post. Wow. So what happens when my brand comes in and responds? Everybody else that commented potentially just saw my brand when they know notifications. So this isn't a joke. You actually do this? I actually do this. So if there's oh. a picture about that, if there's, a, you know, we just got another walrus out here. So they posted something. I will go in as the brand and say, yeah, I just saw, you know, Went with my daughter. We saw the walrus, walruses, and spent maybe an hour there. It was great watching them. Wow! But how many okay. people just saw my brand that are in your local area? In my local area, and that's the actually other, kind of genius. And well, and it gets even better if you want to take this a step deeper. I've had people make a comment, and rather than just simply add a comment to the thread, I'll actually reply to their comment. So not only did everybody get notified that I commented, but they got a specific notification that I replied to their comment. So if wow. I know who's posting, uh, I can actually have, even if I don't, I can have an interaction and actually a conversation with somebody that I have never met, which is no different than somebody saying something next to me standing at the zoo. Mm -hmm. I overhear something, I turn to them and just have this random conversation with them. But they're getting, instead of just this random conversation with a stranger where they don't know my name, they're having a random conversation and they actually know my business and can figure out exactly who I am. Right. So we're getting a question. So you're, you're a social media consultant. Is that what you consider yourself? Yes. Your consultancy. So that's a, a very similar to our WordPress developer audience. 
They're asking, should you have a Facebook and a Twitter presence? Does either one matter? Okay, one so more useful. I mean, to because what I, the one thing I want to bring up as a caveat is a lot of people spend time in groups on Facebook, and groups are fine if you're adding value because they're creating accessibility, and if you do it right, with they're creating visibility. If you do it right, they create accessibility back to your business. So groups, and when I do talk to people about getting involved in groups, there's a big reason for it. In terms of what you should have. Um, I'm really off the beaten path and you really need to have a profile for your business on every so major social media platform. If you have a piece of social and if nothing else, A, it creates a trackable searchable URL within Google. So there's an SEO benefit from it. Um, and there's a way that you can create a simple pinned post that this is where you can find us. Mm -hmm. The other piece becomes if you don't have a Twitter profile, that does not mean somebody's not going to bitch about you on Twitter. True. Okay, so if somebody bitches about you on Twitter and you have a good social listening tool in place and you catch that, great. Now I can see that somebody's bitching about me and there are 25 comments about it and I can't respond because I don't have a Twitter account. Mm -hmm. So when it does come up. So yes, you should have them all at least established. As to which one's going to work best when I say somebody that, well, I don't have a whole lot of time, I don't have a whole lot of experience, start with what you know. It may not be the best for your industry or your business, but if you're comfortable on Facebook, build that Facebook, learn, get comfortable on Facebook. The way I approach social media is no different on Facebook than Twitter, than LinkedIn, than Google+, than Pinterest, whatever it is. Okay? The, the, the strategy behind that is the same. The specific tactics and how you post, who you interact with, how you interact is a little bit different. But as long as you start using it and you get comfortable using one, mm -hmm. you can easily adapt and add another one as you get more and more comfortable. If you're already using and comfortable with several ones, which one you should be focused on most? Um, most where you're going to be using it or take the time to learn the one that's going to be best for your industry. Now, Twitter for me and, and how I use everything. Um, Twitter for me is predominantly in my name and I run my name for the business. Um, and it's where most of my quick relationships come from, where most of my news comes from and most of my content comes from. LinkedIn, I don't use my business page very much. For me, it's simply press releases. I've gotten away from posts and everything else. Um, it's simply news about the business. That's how it used to be, and that's how I've taken it back. Mm -hmm. um, everything else I do, it's the personal connection on LinkedIn, on profile. Pinterest for me is nothing more than content curation, either articles that I have found that my audience would find interesting and relevant. It's basically my dictionary. If you want to know something about, you know, and my thoughts or my feelings on SEO, you can go to my board that has all articles I post about SEO, and you're going to get, you know, what I endorse, so to speak, and what I think. Um, <clears throat> Instagram for me is under the business name and it's predominantly social content. It's me, it's where I live, it's out on the kayak, it's to create that personal pers personal side of my business, that sociable side of the business more than anything. And I'll mix some business content. I don't use it to drive traffic, I don't use it for that piece. Um, the Twitter will drive traffic sharing blog posts, but again, that's more for me meeting people and interacting. And then I try to take those conversations and those businesses and move them into Facebook where it becomes a little more personal. And I can develop and nurture those relationships more on Facebook. In Google Plus, when I post, it's simply the SEO value at this point because I do not have the time to put it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's an awesome platform. I love it. And the connections there are, are phenomenal for, for driving SEO. But if you post content on Google, it shows up in indexes very quickly. Yep. So, you know, I have each network is set up very, with a very specific purpose in mind for what I want from it. 
I'm only looking at Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn for traffic. Everything else is simply has a separate, different purpose from, but, you know, yes, you should be on all of them. For most people, that's not a practical thing. Yeah. You know, so start where you're most comfortable. Start where you already think you have a head start and work and get that fine tuned and then move on to something. And if you say, I'm not sure at that point, all right, you're on Facebook, then I want to go to Twitter afterwards. <clears throat> then um, you want to go back in and figure out which one is the best for the next place to go. And there's a comment, I just saw, how do I publish like or comment? Oh, no, no, that's no, a that's page. a link. That's a link, okay, good. Oh, I see, got it. Okay, can't read. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't read and talk at the same time, it just doesn't work. YouTube chat's interesting because YouTube chat doesn't allow anybody but me to post a link. I know, I realize that, because somebody asked me for a link and I can't do that. Yep. On purpose. <laughs> it's yeah. good. It, it keeps all the spammers out because they go, oh, I can't even post a link. I'm done. So, Eman so Emmanuel just posted it's a great tool, and I would use to advise to be very careful and use many pages of block or ban you. That's where you get into that hijacking issue. Mm -hmm. So if I'm on a competitor's page, even if I can add value and actually help them, they could potentially see that if I commented as their competitor, that I would go, that they would ban me. Mm -hmm. I will comment then as myself on yeah. Facebook. Here's the difference. If you go to my Facebook profile, very publicly on the left side, it says social media consultant, educator, and speaker, and directly underneath that is a link to tactical social media. So if you do question the quality of my comment or that you thought it is a, an authoritative comment, you can track back and see who I am and immediately I'm accessible, my business becomes accessible. Mm -hmm. So as to how I comment as a page really depends on whether there's a chance that I could be adding something that they would want to ban. So oh, for it's, sure. it's, <clears throat> it's a thought out yeah. process. It's like, yeah, if I write this, they're going to potentially think I'm spamming them or they think I'm going to steal customers. I'll post it as myself. Mm -hmm. If I know the page, I can post as the page. So you can just totally test this out on your local zoo is what you're saying. <laughs> Well, I mean, every city has one. There's even one in Santa Ana, Jason. Well, I know. You just find the panda and say, okay, all right, well, I'm liking the panda one as my page, and, and we're good to go. But for you, right, but I'll like and I'll make comments. I'll like and just even if you like somebody's comment. I mean, it's like creating instant visibility for yourself. It's, you know, yeah. you walk into businesses, you can't, you know, you've got your logo on a shirt right in front of your face, and somebody walks in and says something, and you make a, you know, some sort of dumb comment to them. Yeah. And they look at you, they've just seen your business logo. Yeah. Okay. That's all you're doing. And for me, the whole point of social media is to create visibility. Right. You know, if I can do it in a way and be fun at the same time, well, now I've got some personality to my business. Now I've got some personality to my brand. You know, it's just, it's the simplest way to do it. And on a zoo's page, you can always say something. Lo and who doesn't like animals? Well, that's just it. They, Even they, do, they don't. They're they're bad clients. It, it you know, and again, I'm not above pushing the controversial issues, <laughs> uh, and sometimes further than I should. But I'm okay with that because I, I me, it, for everyone I alienate, I know that there's somebody else that's going to latch onto me a little bit stronger. You know, for every side of the coin, there's there's an equal and opposite, and I have no problem in ruling out. A certain group of people that I'll never do business with because flat as a marketer, if I walk into a room with 100 people, I know instinctively 50% are not going to touch me no matter what. Because mm -hmm. they say a gif, jif. 
Right. So if I turn around and just be a smart ass and I make a certain sort of comment, I can immediately rule out they're going to go away on their own. I know who they are. I don't have to go <laughs> figure it out. Oh. But you can go news sites. <laughs> but yeah, but even on news sites where you get conversation and people go back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how's the easiest way to create some sort of interaction with an individual between you and your brand, with them yeah. and your brand? I mean, GIF, GIF, I tease Jason, but it's not yeah. political. It's not right or left. Right. It's just something ridiculous, right? But there's, but you could take a side on something, and, and you're right. You can be extreme if you're willing to do that risk as a person representing that brand. Well, and that's the difference. That's the risk you're allowed to take. Correct. So, and one of the reasons why I don't like from a social media management position to, to interact with too many posts out there is because I'm representing that business and I never know sometimes what their line is. So yeah. for me to really to do something as a manager where that, in, where that engagement piece is, where that social networking piece is, I really have to know the owner. There really has to be a huge amount of trust. Yeah. And that's not always the case. Well, I mean, it happens in roofing. Like there's a controversy yeah. over whether you should use mastic on a flashing or whether you should use rubber cement or, I mean, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what it is. I just, I'm not trying to like harass anybody who likes the J sound. I'm just saying <laughs> that Don't anything you. can be potentially, <laughs> potentially controversial. And if it is, you need to know if you're the business owner, you, you can assume that risk. Right. But if you're the person representing that business, it's better to, I call them tar babies. Like the more you touch it, the more controversy there is. You, you just get tar all over you. You, you just yep. don't touch it. Yeah, you know, in WordPress, yeah. we have a lot of drama. This, this sponsor got kicked out. This person's presenting this. Somebody's wearing orange today. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, there's a lot of drama. Like, so you could touch it or not touch it. You could potentially get a lot of traffic to your site if you write news articles on it. And I know for us, we debate about that internally. Should we comment on this controversial thing? Are we glad the REST API is at 4.7? Like, it's, you know, there's, it doesn't matter, like, oh, does it secure enough? Blah, 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 blah. You know, and you have all this, like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it should have been there a long time ago, but I had the plug-in. And it ends up being this whole controversial thing. So. It doesn't matter what industry, you're always going to have controversy. You know why? Because there's always going to be people. Always going to be people. And people have controversy because people have opinions. And that's why you navigate that. You've got to just, I like how you say, if it's your business, you could do it that way. Yeah. And, and some people in our industry and in WordPress are known for their controversial statements. I mean, that's almost their shtick, right? So, but they could say stuff I could never say, and I'm not going yeah. to, right? So right. you just have to walk that line. And my gosh, Robert, we're so glad you spent an yeah. hour and a half of your time with us. That was I awesome. I appreciate that your time it. is super valuable. I know our audience is super pumped up. Start commenting on their pages and getting that egg timer going. And um, usually Jason, like ends it but i just wanted to say since you're my friend thanks for being on uh, thanks for the invite. do his thing yeah robert we really appreciate you coming <laughs> on the show today it was it was cool and you know what was really cool about this entire experience is that um usually what ends up happening is we get very developer heavy and i'm talking and bridge is just kind of like <laughs> 
it was really cool to see Bridget in her, in her element talking about talking about all of the social media stuffs and all of the all the marketing stuff and just I'm going just going nuts it. with it. And I, I love it because it's cool because it, it's we're bringing something that most people aren't talking about in in the WordPress space, which is you know um, getting outside of your comfort zone here and interacting with other people and not code and and not. Uh, you know, not trying to put like crazy commit messages in your code or anything like that. So thank you very yeah. much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Folks, if you're watching the show at home, we appreciate your time as well. Click on the links that show up here on the video. And you can also hit the little thumbs up button or hit the subscribe button down below. Thank you very much. Make sure you go over to Robert's website. All the links will be down below in the show notes. Talk to you all later. See you <laughs> next week. Bye-bye.